Today, as we jump in, we're talking about an overcoming life. And if you would, turn quickly to John 16, 33. John 16, 33. Now this is part two, an overcoming life, part two. And we're going to start talking today about how to have an overcoming life. If you missed last week, I think I, I got more feedback about last week's message. I mean, people, person after person, good gracious, I needed that message. It was, it was turned into a very good one. So go back to last week's, look at part one, watch it if you weren't able to be here. Uh, but if you're watching today and you're, you weren't able to see that, go back and watch that. It's, it's a very important message. And we're going to kind of pick up uh, where we left off there. But this is Overcoming Life and Overcoming Life Part 2. And today what we're going to talk about is something very cool that uh, the Lord was showing me. And honestly, it's fresh off the press. I had other notes. But this, this morning, he started ministering to me about it last night. And this morning, I got up, and he was just pouring out some stuff. So this is some fresh bread that the Lord gave to me just this morning. And I just want you to know, if he's going to give me this kind of message specifically for you today, today is your day. Yeah. Amen. Just say it with me. Say, today, today is my day. My day. I'm going to leave here different. I'm going to leave here different. And what I want you to do right now is I want you to just forget about all the stuff that needs to be overcome, and let's just connect to the overcomer, right? And know that God's given a fresh word. It's kind of like this. If you were getting, getting ready to go run a race, you would put the right stuff in your body so that you would have plenty of energy, right? If you were getting ready to go overcome a task, you would want to make sure that you're prepared. You don't want to go into a big race and not have any fuel in you. Well, you're about to step into being an overcomer for the rest of your life. God wants you to overcome. He spoke about it in many different ways. He wants you to overcome. In order to do that, you're going to need the spiritual fuel to do that. And he said, today, I'm going to give you a fresh dose of my daily bread to give. And so he's got some fresh fuel for you today so that you can be an overcomer. And you're going to walk out of here a different person. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Forget the mess and let's focus on being on the overcomer and becoming the overcomer. All right, so now look at this in John 16 and verse 33. It says, now this is Jesus talking. He says this, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. Jesus wants you to walk in peace and all of these things that he's spoken right here, he's saying this, I want you to have peace. I've said some things to you to get you to a point. And now let's look at what that point is. One, to have peace. But then he says, in the world you have tribulation. Now this is not a bad confession. It's just giving you a heads up. Tribulation's going to come. But he's saying, don't worry about that. In the world you'll have tribulation. But take courage. Don't worry about that. It's nothing. It may feel like something to your flesh, but it's nothing. I have overcome the world. Not... I'm going to, and or maybe I will, maybe I won't. No, Jesus is saying, I have overcome the world. It's already a done deal. It's already a done deal. I have overcome the world. And he's saying, I'm telling you these things because the overcoming that I've already done, you can have it, and that'll bring, even in the midst of tribulation, it'll bring peace. See, our job, there was a storm on the, on the water, and the boat was in the storm. But Jesus comes into the situation. Tribulation is, is swirling all around them. It's a death storm. Disciples that were raised up on the lake fishing all their lives were scared for their life. But Jesus walks in and he says, Look, I don't, all right, there's a storm. Peace. Be still. And he brought an overcoming to the storm. We've got to stop being scared of the tribulation. Stop being scared of the storms. And know who's inside of us. Know who we are inside of. He abides in us and we abide in him. We live in the overcomer. And the overcomer lives in us. And so now that storm can't stay. It's got to be removed. Now, as we're looking at this, let's look at these verses. Revelation 12, 11. 
Revelation 12, 11. You were made to be an overcomer. You were made to be more than a conqueror. You were made to be a victor. This is who you are. Well, I don't feel like that. We're not talking about how you feel. We're talking about what God has said. And if he said it, then we can grab a hold of it by faith and we will start to be different. We'll start to walk on a different path. He says you were made to be an overcomer. I don't feel like being an overcomer all the time. But I've learned that no matter how I feel, it's still who I am. It's still who I am. And that's how we overcome because we believe what he said more than how I feel. Because if I believe what he said and I'll know the truth, that truth will set me free. If I'll continue and walk in that truth, it'll set me free. But if I continue and walk in how I feel, then my feelings are constantly going to keep me in the place of that tribulation. I've got to pay attention more to what he said than how I feel. How many people would say that you probably feel less like an overcomer more than you feel like one? Anybody would agree with that? I, in my life, I've felt more like I've been the, the victim than the victor. That's because feelings are designed in this world, in a world that's corrupted and not run fully by God. It's run, the, the God of this world is the devil. The feelings are designed to take you away from what God said. Because if he can get you away from the truth, then that truth won't have a seed in your life that will spring up to fruit. But if we'll put this in and we will meditate on it day and night, and Joshua says, then you will make your way successful. You will make your way prosperous and successful. We've got to pay attention more to that to be an overcomer than we do to our feelings. In a, you don't have to turn there, but Romans 8, 37, he says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. We are, say it with me, we are, we are. more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. Not through you, not through your feelings. We're more than conquerors when we go through Jesus. 2 Corinthians, you can do it. And you can, by the way, you can pull up the notes, bcnotes.org. I'll ask them to put that up there. If you want to pull it up, you, there's a bunch of notes. You can be studying ahead on it and pull it up on your phone or on your tablet, bcnotes.org. And you can see in 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says, But thanks be unto God, who sometimes leads us in triumph, always leads us in triumph. Now, either this is true or God's lying. Now, which is it? It's true. See, this is where Christianity gets real. Because I don't feel like that all the time. Yeah, well, you've got to decide which one you're going to listen to. Am I going to listen to the promises of God and His character and nature? Or am I going to listen to how I feel? And if I listen to how I feel, I'm going to get the fruit of how I feel. But if I listen to the one through whom I'm more than a conqueror. If I listen to the one who's already overcome the world, then I'll start to put on an overcomer. I'll start to become more than a conqueror. And I'll, I'll look out here on Sunday morning and I won't see a, a bunch of people being beat up by the devil. I'll see overcomers. I'll see them worshiping because all oh, we got something to worship about. We came in here and used to be well, with the repo people couldn't find our house, but thank God. And now you'll come in and be like, look at this new car that God just helped me get. Look at this. I just won somebody to the Lord. I just saw them filled with the Holy Ghost. I just prayed for somebody and they were healed. We start learning how to overcome no matter, you know, no matter what we face. Jesus, it wasn't the disciples that were figuring out how to get out of the storm. They were in the storm. They were about to get sunk. But Jesus, because he knew who he was, and just because he was Jesus, he had to do it the same way you and I do this. He had to trust God. He had to hear from heaven. He had to put his feelings down. Look in the garden. He said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Because he had some feelings that he was tempted in every way just as we are. And he had to pull on strength from the Holy Ghost so that he could accomplish what God had. And so Jesus comes up like a man and he says, Lord, 
I've got to trust you. I've got to walk in the power of God. And even though I'm walking through this storm on the water, even though I'm walking here in supernatural power and I don't feel I'm getting hit by the wind and the waves, the, that, uh, the ocean particles are hitting me in the face, the wind is blowing on me, I'm feeling all of the storm. My job here is to save some people. See, God wants you to be an overcomer and he wants you to be more than conqueror because there's some people around your life that need saving. That's what we were talking about earlier about the church. So frustrated by the church. You know why you're frustrated? Because there's no overcomers who are living it. There's no people that are more than conquerors. God is looking for some people that will walk in this world like the salt and the light, the preserving factor and a beacon of God's glory. Those are the overcomers. Those are more than conquerors. But let me give you an example. Mark, you come back again. Let's start where we finished last week. Some people went, oh, my goodness, we hadn't started yet till now. Right there. Any of you ever felt like this? You're walking through life. Put the camera on her. You're walking through life, and all of a sudden, the pressures of the world come in to your life. And all of a sudden, you've got this attack. You've got this tribulation. You've got this pressure that's coming in your life. And all of a sudden, it's coming against you. It's coming against who you are. And, and here's how we feel. Now, just, just look at the screen. Here's how we feel. Imagine pressure coming down on her from everywhere. And she's just trying to protect herself. And here's how it feels. Nobody else is there but you. Hold your hands up. The pressure's coming down. It's just me. You feel the pressure. Nobody else is standing there with you. Nobody else is encouraging you. It's just you and the pressure of the world. It's just you and the tribulation. And that's what it feels like. Anybody ever been there besides me? Oh, I've been there. And, and it just keeps going and going and going. And you're thinking, my God, when is this going to end? But the pressure's just there. But if you could see with eyes of the Spirit, you would start to understand something. It's not just the tribulation, and you're not alone in the situation. But there's an enemy that's coming and resisting you. An enemy is trying to bring that tribulation into your life. And, and it, it, the way it feels is that enemy is bigger. You know, it feels like they're bigger than me. And in our mind, we're like, I feel all this pressure. Can I make it? Am I strong enough? And like we were talking about last week, it's got nothing to do with your strength. It's got to do with his strength. We got to start looking at him. But the pressure is there. And, and it's like, man, can I stand this any longer? And that's the way it feels. But like I was saying last week, it's just like this. There, there's some uh, forces in physics that you start to understand. You know, gravity is a force. And because, you know, I, I built up my storehouse for this fast, there's extra gravity right now going down into this floor. Y'all never been there, but apparently I have. And uh, so there's extra gravity. But listen, if this floor is not putting a force back up to me, I would just fall straight through the earth. There's got to be an equal force in an opposite direction or else I would go through this. There has to be. So if we could see this actually in the spirit, what we would see is, yes, you're feeling the pressure, but doesn't the Bible say resist the devil? That means that there is a resistance against the devil. As strong as you're feeling it, he's feeling it. And it doesn't really look like this. It looks more like this. And the devil, because he is a defeated foe. He is a beat down, defeated foe. It, and see, if we're left alone to what we feel, it looks just like all, we, all we're paying attention to is our feelings. But in the spirit, it's like this. I'm doing, I'm trying to give every kind of resistance I can. The devil is. And, but he's feeling the pressure just as much as you are, probably more. And he's already defeated. He, listen, he can't stand there forever. 
He can't stand there forever. But I got a verse in Ephesians that says, having done all stand. I can reach into the depths of my spiritual tool bag. I can put on Christ. I can put on the overcomer. And all of a sudden, I'm not standing there alone. I can put on strength. I've stood, I've stood, and God said, having done all stand. Because I can't. Hold up as the devil. The devil can't hold up against you as long as you can hold up against him. And eventually, he's going to crumble because it's not just you. You got a savior. You got an overcomer. And he's bigger than me. He's bigger than you. He's the overcomer that's already overcome the world. See, we're just looking at it from our perspective. I feel pressure. Look at it from the devil's perspective. Take that devil. Put the pressure back on him. Just apply who you are in God. All of a sudden, and at that last moment, you know how it goes. The devil figures out, I'm about to get beat. And so he says, let me do one last, let me try to mess with their mind. Let me try to, you know, give them a blow that will cause them to not stand. But if that believer will believe in the overcomer and draw from the strength of Christ through him, we have the victory. The devil at the last minute, he's going to try and, over, he's going to try and give it everything he's got. Because if he doesn't, he can't stand there forever. He doesn't have an almighty power back in him. He's already beat down. He's already defeated. And so he says, let me give it everything I got and try to get them to sway their mind. Try to get them not to stand. Try to get them to let go. And so he'll go, ah! But the believer who knows in Christ will just give it right back to him. Oh, you want to try and give it a big last final shot? Take this in the name of Jesus. And when they do it, that devil's beat back. And there's, he's got to go. He's got to go because there's an overcomer standing with the believer. Amen? Thank you. So that's the position. We can't pay attention to our feelings. Now next week, you can look at it in the notes, but next week we're going to talk about, did you know that there are awards for being an overcomer? Throughout eternity, there are awards and rewards for being an overcomer. It's in your notes. You can go read about them. The tree of life. Anybody who is an overcomer gets the tree of life. You miss the second death. There's some hidden manna. This is all scripture. But how do we overcome? We're going to look at it. So in other words, when we start to overcome, it's not just we have the victory now. We have the victory for a long, long time. And we have some rewards for a long, long time. There's a reward. There's a trophy that I can carry throughout eternity because they say, look, there's an overcomer walking down the streets of heaven. He's an overcomer. Look, he's carrying the rewards. There's rewards for eternity. But how do we overcome? I want to give you one point of that today. And you can see it in your notes, point one, how to overcome. We must receive preaching and spiritual impartation. We must receive new thinking and knowing. Anybody ever been in a problem in your life? You can raise your hand. We've been there. We're not going to live there. We're not going to hang out. We've been there. How did you get into that problem? You know one thing I've found? That people, for the most part, are not malicious. For the most part, people are not like, I'm going to do bad. Most people aren't malicious. Most people are actually, they fall into deception, and what they do wrong, they actually think they're doing it right. Uh, some of y'all have seen that. Some of y'all, some of y'all, that's been you. Let me just say, uh, that's been all of us. <laughs> Let's just cut to the chase. That's been all of us. Most people are not malicious. They're just deceived. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are gone into captivity for a lack of understanding. Did you know that the thinking that got you in the problem, that same thinking is not going to get you out of the problem? Because that thinking's what got me here. I've got to have different thinking to get me out. 
I can't keep on. In other words, if, if my wrong worldly thinking got me into the problem, then it's going to be, have to be some supernatural new thinking and new knowledge that gets me out. How crazy is it for me to think that I'm not going to change a part of who I am or how I think and I'm going to escape the very problem that the part of me who I thought before got me into? I'm not even sure that made sense, but I think you get the point. We can't keep thinking the same thing. All right? How do we get out of that then? We need supernatural spiritual knowledge to lead us to supernatural solutions. Does anybody want a supernatural solution in your life? How would you like for Jesus to walk in and be like, Oh, I see there's a storm in your life. Peace, be still. Because he would say it with a deep voice like that. Peace, be still. And you know that if Jesus walks in, like the storm's over. The storm's over, right? But see, Jesus is in you. The kingdom is within you. You've got something already on the inside of you. The only issue is we don't know it. We just feel the pressure, not realizing that we're already putting pressure on the devil. But we've got to decide, all right, Lord, I need something supernatural. I need a solution that goes beyond what my thinking was because my thinking got me into this mess. How do I get out of this mess? I need something supernatural. So in order to have something supernatural, God has given us a way to move into this new knowledge, to move into the supernatural. He's given us a way. Look at 1 John 2.20. 1 John 2.20 and the King James says this. You can see it. But you, ye, have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. And what I want you to see here is... I want you to see God's way. All right, if bad knowledge got me into the jam, I've got to have new knowledge to get me out. I've got to know something different. And God said this, hey, to know something different, I'll give it to you. You need an unction. That word there is anointing. That word is a smearing. In other words, he says, I will send the Holy Ghost with an anointing, and that anointing will open up new knowledge inside of you. And all of a sudden, that new knowledge will bring a supernatural solution. It will allow Jesus in you to step into the situation and peace be still. The only difference is when you hear him say peace through you, it will sound like you. Because it's him operating in you. So he's given us a way. A spiritual unction will produce a new thinking and a new knowing. A spiritual unction, a spiritual anointing will produce it. Well, then once we see that new knowledge and new thinking, we got to say then, where does that spiritual unction come from? Where does it? All right, if I need a spiritual unction, I need a spiritual anointing to open up knowledge. Where does that come from? Well, let's look at it. Romans 10, 17. Spiritual thinking and knowing comes from preaching. Spiritual thinking and knowing comes from preaching. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Preached. The context of this passage is they were preaching. And when they preached, all of a sudden, faith, a very spiritual substance, came. So look at this, Romans 10 and verse 8. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness and with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. So what are we talking about? We're talking about somebody believing on God with a new knowledge. And the new knowledge came from the word being preached. Preached. Now, then it goes on to say this. For whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Verse 12. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all. Abounding in riches who, who, for all who call on him. There's an abounding riches of his grace in every area of life for those who call on Jesus. You're in a jam. There's abounding riches waiting to get you out. 
You're feeling the pressure. There's an abounding riches in Christ to get you out. How does that come? When the preacher preaches the word in faith, there's an anointing and an unction that comes out. Boom. And it deposits. And, and that anointing is also a smearing and he gets this anointing on you and all of a sudden while this anointing stays in me I start to hear differently I start to see differently I start to think differently then it says this how then verse 14 how then will they call on him or excuse me 13 for whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now this is not just talking about going to heaven. This is talking about being saved from whatever problem that they need saving from. It can be the storm. It can be hell. It can be uh, a lack in our finances. It can be a lack in our health. Whatever you need saving from, we know a Savior. And that when we hear the word preached in faith, all of a sudden there's anointing released and unction, and it causes our spiritual man to hear differently. And when we hear differently, it helps to rewrite our thinking, and so that now the thinking that got me in the problem starts to change, and, and our mind is renewed, and that new thinking, that new knowledge will then start to pull me back to the saving grace of God, to his riches. He says, whoever calls on him will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? In other words, if they don't believe, how are they going to call on Jesus? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard, and how will they hear without a preacher? How will they hear without a preacher? In other words, a preacher opens up something inside of people. It opens up something inside of people. So then it says this, how will they preach unless they are sent? You may not know this, but even when you give tithes and offerings, you're not just giving money to a church. You're sending a message. You're sending an overcoming anointing. When you give to the gospel and for the kingdom, you're sending an anointing out into the world. You're sending it. You're sending that. What are you sending? You're sending overcoming to whoever will listen. Anybody that, that pays attention online, anybody that comes to the church, you are sending an anointing. You know, these lights, they don't just come on by themselves. And the AC, it doesn't just come on by itself. Like, we have to pay them. It's the most amazing function of this world. Like, we don't pay them, they don't come on. It's a reality. And he says, how will they hear and unless they have a preacher, and how will we preach unless they are sent? The word has to be sent. We're sending it every Sunday morning to whoever will hear here. We're sending it on archives throughout the internet to whoever. We're sending that word. Just the other day, some folks from Philippines, they were watching the broadcast on Wednesday. Folks from Nigeria, they're watching the broadcast. We're sending the word. How will they hear unless they have a preacher? And how will they preach unless they are sent? Listen, it's our responsibility to send that word. You might not be called to stand up here and preach, but all of us are called to send the word. Because there's an overcoming, anointing word that will change the thinking and the knowledge of people and cause them to be overcomers to come up out of that pit. We're called to send it. God has done great things for us. He saved us from hell. Our job then is to say, oh, Lord, you sowed yourself. You planted your whole life, Jesus. Then I'm going to give you mine. Yeah. Lord, take all of me, whether it be finances or resources or running the camera or running the computer or, or helping to you know, usher or, or to have security or take care of the children's, which we got an awesome children, or sing on the platform. The other day I was with somebody, they said, I love the, the girls that you have up there singing. They are such a blessing. They bring such a power of God. And they, I just love watching them. He's from Texas. And uh, he said, I love watching y'all's worship team. It blesses me so much. Y'all did a great job this morning. You always do. It's awesome. Why? Because the message is sent. All right, so now he says, how will they preach unless they are sent? Just as written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. 
However, they did not all heed the good news, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Now, is faith logical or spiritual? So when I get up here and preaching, this is a mistake that many ministers make and many believers make. I'm not up here to try and just fix your mind from the logical side. I'm up here to impart a spiritual word of life, an anointed word that will change the inner man that will then change the thinking. And actually, that anointed word, I'm going to show you in just a second, that anointed word will actually help you to understand the things of God. Faith is not logical. Faith is spiritual. And faith is imparted by an anointed word. So when a preacher preaches under the anointing, and there's a difference if they are or if they aren't, when a preacher preaches under the anointing, something spiritual happens to you. And all of a sudden, the spiritual action that happens to you allows your mind to be opened and receive the things of God. And now all of a sudden, but see, not everybody will hear that because they could have their heart hardened. They could be worrying about what time it is or lunch or whatever else. And they're not listening to the word. And so what happens is their ears get dull because they're hard of hearing. Their heart is hardened towards the word. They might be hearing the same anointed word, but they start shutting down because they're living by their brain and not by their spirit. But if we'll say, Lord... I receive it all. I'm going to keep my mind open. I'm going to keep my heart open. Plant the seed of your word in my heart and let it bring up an eternal fruit inside of me. All of a sudden, our mind opens to the knowledge, the new knowing of God that will cause us to be overcomers. But it comes through anointed preaching. There is spiritual impartation in preaching. Preaching is more, much more than just a transmission of logic. He says this, he says in 1 John 5, 4, he said, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that's overcome the world, our faith. And how does that faith come? Through preaching. You will overcome as you learn and grab a hold of faith. And faith will come as you sit under a preaching of anointed word. It will open up our thinking. In other words, new thinking will come when that's released. Preaching is a spiritual impartation. What I was saying earlier, many times preachers and believers think that this is all just for you to get information logically. And that's where they miss it. I could preach the message ten times in the row with the same words, same intonations, everything the exact same except that the date was different. And you would receive not ten same things, but ten different things because the anointing is there to open up your thinking. So a lot of people will say, well, I've heard this message before. I heard just this week somebody tell me, you know, say about this great man of God. Well, was it a repeat? It doesn't matter if it was a repeat. It's not the, it's not the logical thing that you're getting. It's the spiritual thing that you're getting. Something's inside of that. These words preached are a carrier, and it's carrying something supernatural. And to each one of us, it's dishing in us the thing that we need to be supernaturally bring our solution. It's bringing the thing that we need to open us up and to think different and see different. It's how it works. Now, let me just answer this question real quick. Well, is it the same by being here as it is? I can just watch it online. Well, go over to Acts 16 later on, not right now, but Look at those fellows in the prison and you ask if a corporate anointing was important to the other prisoners where Paul and Silas were praising God. Paul and Silas' faith, there's something that happens when we come together. Because I might be sitting here this morning and struggling and Pastor Oscar is sitting there going, uh, uh, I'm going to believe. I don't care if nobody else believes. And God will say, oh, there's somebody that will believe. Holy Ghost, send the power. Boom. And all of a sudden, you'll receive based off of his faith. 
You'll receive based off of there's a draw when we all come together. It's different from watching it online. Why? Because when you come under a corporate anointed, one person, remember every joint supplies. What are we supplying? We're supplying our faith, and all of a sudden that faith allows. God says, I'll meet you right where you're at. You're going to draw on me. You need some new anointing. You need some new knowledge. You need some new thinking. Put a draw on me by faith to be there with an open heart and an open mind, and I'll start drawing through. Think about if everybody in this place started drawing on God. Woo! Think about if everyone was, Lord, I need something today. I'm not leaving here the same. I need to be an overcomer. All of a sudden, what happens in that time? All of a sudden, God's like, oh, meet them all. And we have a move of God. And all of a sudden, people just start getting healed while the preaching's going on. Because you're not just receiving logic. There's a supernatural force that's being released. There's an impartation. There's an anointing when we get expectant. When we get ready to receive from God. When we come in here, yeah, you had all this stuff that was pulling you down all this week. But my goodness, I'm going into a place where something can happen this morning. And I'm going to drop all that to the side and say, Lord, I'm here to minister to you. And I know what you're going to do because I know your character and your nature. You are going to pour out yourself. You are looking to be a help. You are looking to help me overcome. You are looking to get your solution. You are looking to get healing to me. You are looking to get power in my life. God's just at the ready. He's ready. He said, it's finished. I'm ready. I'm looking for people who will start putting faith towards me. If we all become that, everything changes. There's a difference between watching online. That's awesome. We can go back. We can get information. You can even receive an anointing. But it's different in a corporate anointing where every joint supplies. When they were in that jail, Paul and Silas started singing and praising God, opening themselves up to God. All, all of a sudden, there was an earthquake, and all the bonds fell off all the prisoners, and every door opened. Every door because of the supply of a couple of guys. Oh, man, it's different. Listen to this. You can just listen. Don't. You can write it down, or the notes are online. Go get them online and just listen. 1 Corinthians 1, 21 through 25. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. The world couldn't come to know God. In all its wisdom, it couldn't get it. The knowledge that you need to make you an overcomer, the supernatural solution, it, it doesn't come through the world. And all your logical thinking and all this stuff, I've watched people over the years, and everybody, they try to be so smart, and all they need to do is get really simple and believe in the love of God. Man, I've watched people go from person to person. Oh, well, I'm going to pick up their revelation. Then I'm going to pick up their revelation. Well, th that pastor, I've, I've gotten everything that he's got. They've gotten it logically. They had not had an impartation spiritually. I mean, some may be there if they open themselves up. But they're attacking this thing logically, not understanding that your logical thinking is not the key. That's not it. It's a spiritual impartation. Matter of fact, when you get to the place... Where you're ready and you feel like you've heard every sermon Pastor Brian's ever going to preach and you can tell the stories better than I can tell them. I mean, just let me tell them, Pastor Brian. You always, you know, you bore us on that portion of the story. When you get to that place, you are just now getting to the place where you can actually help. Because now, you, now we can walk in unity. This is not the time for you to go and try and find revelation somewhere else. This is the time for us now to stand together. Now it's not just one standing. It's two standing with Jesus backing. And one will put a thousand flight and two will put ten thousand. But see, we've been so worldly minded with worldly knowledge that we think, oh, I've gotten all the revelation. You think revelation is just logic. It's not. There's a spiritual impartation. And when we get to that place where we start to understand it, that just means that we've received spiritually. Now we can run with the vision. Now we can go in unity. And one puts a thousand to flight, two puts ten thousand. Now we've become such a force. But this world is so democratic and Western thinking, they don't even understand how to come together as a team and stop thinking about ourselves. 
We become, like we were talking about the other day, uh, the no names. We start to understand. God wants to make your name great. Don't misunderstand. You'd have to watch that message. But you've got to be willing to be a nobody. And God will make you a somebody. But if truly in our heart we become a nobody, God will say, oh, I can't leave them there. They're going to do what's right. I've got to lift them up and let my glory be shown through them so people can see my glory. God's what God will say. All of a sudden, we can walk together and become a force. It's not just logic. And watch this. For since the wisdom of the world, through its wisdom, did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. It seemed like foolishness to preach a message about spiritual things that people don't understand with their worldly mind. But God said, I'm pleased to go just that way because what it's going to take is faith. And faith will put them all on the same level. It will equalize everybody where all they got to do is just turn their heart towards me and believe. And the foolishness of preaching will confound the wise. But they won't be able to get it in the world's way. It's come, how's it going to come? How's salvation going to come? How's finances going to come? How's health going to come? How's restoration going to come? How's deliverance going to come? How's protection going to come? Through the foolishness of preaching. Because there's an impartation of the anointing. And then the anointing will open up my mind to see things heavenly. He says this. Verse 22, for indeed Jews ask for a sign and Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. They're looking for logic, but we preach. They're looking for logic, but we preach. They're looking for something to figure out with their head. But we preach something that doesn't make logical sense. And God says, yeah, it makes me happy. He said, to the Jews it's a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. He says, to them it looks like foolishness, but this crazy preacher, this crazy preaching releases the power of God and the ability to overcome. The wisdom of God. See, you're open to the wisdom of God when the anointing of God helps to renew your mind. Verse 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Look at this verse in the New Living, 1 Corinthians 1.22. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom. Hear that. God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom. You can't get there by logic. You can't get to the place of overcoming by logic. How many, don't, don't raise your hand, but how many of us have, we, we've tried to come on Sunday morning, we're trying to figure it all out. And all we need to do is come in there and just receive. Lord, I'm here and I'm open to you. All of a sudden, the spiritual impartation will unlock and bring godly wisdom. But when we come in there trying to unlock it all in our logic, we actually put the blocks because God set it up where it can't happen that way. Yeah. What a huge thing. What a huge point. He has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. In the Amplified, for when the world with all its earthly wisdom failed to perceive, the world fails to perceive. It fails to recognize and know God. The world fails to perceive, it fails to recognize, it fails to know God through earthly wisdom and of its own philosophy. Philosophy doesn't get it. God in his wisdom was pleased through the foolishness of preaching. Salvation procured by Christ to be had through him to save those who believed, who clung to and trusted and relied on him. The solutions that we need, the overcoming that we need comes 
only by spiritual discernment. He says this in 1 Corinthians. And just, just listen. Don't, don't read it. Just listen. You can look at it on the screen. But just listen to this. 1 Corinthians 2.10 For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. How were things revealed? Through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. Not through logic. Through the Spirit. Your overcoming is revealed through the Spirit, through the anointing. Not by trying to figure it all out. Everybody's trying to go and figure out their problem. But that thinking is the same thinking that got them in that problem. You've got to have different thinking and different knowledge. The Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. The Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? He says, you don't even know everything you're thinking. The, your, your spirit of a man will know even what you're thinking. But in your brain, you don't even process everything that you are. Remember, it, it's the word which is spirit. The word is able to discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. The spirit of man is able to see. And if the spirit of man is able to see everything that a man actually thinks, the spirit of God is also able to see all the depths of a God who wants to make you an overcomer. He wants to bring you out. He wants to bring you out of that pit. He says this, Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know. We've received the spirit so that we may know. We've received the spirit so that we may know. We've received the anointing so that we may know. And that knowledge will take us to the place of being an overcomer. That we may know the things freely given to us by God. Verse 13, which things we also speak. Not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit. Combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually appraised or discerned. The things of God are not coming to us through a, spirit, through a natural logic. A natural man can't receive them. The knowledge that will bring us to the place of being an overcomer is brought about by spiritual discernment from a spiritual impartation, and many times that comes through preaching. This is why, people, this is why the devil wants to keep people away from church. Because he knows if he can get them under, in church under an anointed word, their knowledge will increase and they'll stop being destroyed by it. He knows that if he can get them in the place where every joint supplies, then all of a sudden, even if they're not in the place to receive, but Pastor Oscar is, all of a sudden, he knows. All of a sudden, he knows. The devil knows. If, he, if they get around somebody who's drawing on God, that anointing that he's pulling down start breaking the chains of other people. For goodness sakes, the devil wants you to know, don't go to church. Don't listen to preaching. That's crazy. And God's saying, yeah, that's exactly what it is to the world. But in me, it is the salvation of God. It will pull you up out of that pit. It'll bring you to the place where you can overcome. It'll bring you to the place where you stand in the midst of the storm and can speak to it and say, peace be still. It'll bring you to the place where you feel the pressure, but you know that I've already stood and I will continue to stand because with Christ I can keep on standing, but I know my enemy can't. My enemy is about to fall. He can't stand forever. He's a defeated foe, and I've come to the place of a spiritual knowledge of God that will put him in his place. This is a lot of times what people are missing, and it's really simple. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm giving you kind of the mechanics of some of this stuff, but really it's really simple. We just got to love God and trust him, and when he says don't miss church, don't miss church. Listen, and open up my heart to receive by an anointed preacher that's preaching the word and the fullness and the life of God. 
If we do that, all of a sudden our minds and our hearts will be opened up and God will put some supernatural solution right on the inside of you. And when the devil comes with all his pressure and all of his storms, something on the inside of you will start to stand up and be like, oh, devil, no, come on. Come on, devil, no. Today is not your day. Come on. You know, all of a sudden something will stand up and, and people will look at you and say, man, that's crazy. Doesn't he know that's a death storm? He's like, I don't care. I got somebody with me. And I got some revelation of it. I know it by the Holy Ghost. Because I was there the day when Pastor Brown was talking about being an overcomer. I was there the day when we learned somebody else is standing with me. All I've got to do is stand. I was there the day when he preached that the devil is already a defeated foe. He can't stand there forever. So I'll just set my heart and my mind to stand. And when I do that, God will stand with me. I've got a new knowledge because I received an anointing because I heard some preaching. The foolishness of preaching. This last passage... It's interesting. Well, this is the very cool thing. In John 1, 5, it says this, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. It can't comprehend it. So right in the middle, you see, you got to understand, darkness can't comprehend that kind of revelation. It can't do anything with it. It can't get this kind of revelation and knowing. But you can because you're not in the dark if you know Christ but you're in the light. And all of a sudden you get in the light and you can comprehend a new knowing. You can comprehend an anointing. You can comprehend a power of God, an overcomer, a more than a conqueror. You can comprehend it. It gives us a way to get around the devil every time. It's like God gives us, because darkness can't comprehend it, it gives us the ability to go right into his camp and not even be seen by him and set up a fortress right behind enemy lines and take ground. And instead of being the victim all your life, you start to be the overcomer. You start to be more than a conqueror because it can't comprehend this light. God has given us a way to foil the enemy and completely overcome the plans of the devil and the weapons that were created against us. Watch this. As, as it all comes together in these verses, Ephesians 3, 16 through 20. See, preaching will get on us an anointing, and that anointing will open up our comprehension, and comprehension will allow us to know some things. That knowing will get us out of that pit and take us to overcoming. Ephesians 3, 16 and 20. Now, he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory. God's looking for somebody to give to. According to the riches of his glory, not according to your strength. According to his strength. Praise God. Because I've had plenty of times when my strength was not going to beat back the devil. I needed a strength that was bigger than my own. And we're not talking about tapping into Brian's strength. We're talking about tapping into God Almighty's strength. Who created the universe. And he loves you with an everlasting love. He's sitting there at the ready saying, Ah, if I could just find a believer who, who would just listen to some preaching. Get under an anointing and start to know some things about me. And they will open up themselves to trust me. I will give them my strength. He says this, he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power. How? Through his spirit in the inner man. Through his spirit in the inner man. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Faith that came by the preaching. That and you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend, to spiritually discern with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and then to know. And then to know. Once I'm able to spiritually discern it, it opens up the ability for my mind to understand it and to know it. And now I can have a change of plans. The plans that got me in the pit, 
I now have a new thinking that can get me out of the pit because I've spiritually received and it changed my mind. It, it renewed my mind. Now I, now I think differently. I see differently. I don't see myself as just being under pressure up on the platform. I see myself putting pressure on the devil. I see myself as being backed by God. And when I know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, can you see I couldn't get it? I could not have this knowledge without a comprehension that comes from the anointing. I couldn't have it. When, and when I get this knowledge that surpasses what I could get in the natural, that I may be filled up with all the fullness of God. Anybody here, like, I needed to be filled up with the fullness of God. I've been needing some strength that's beyond me. I've been needing some stuff that's supernatural, that goes beyond where I've been. This is how you get it. You start sitting under an anointing, and that anointing, this is why the devil fights people being here. This is why for years he's tried to whittle down who's sitting in there, and he's tried to make a preacher stand up and, and just baby, baby food, give baby food to you. People that, preachers that would be scared because if I, if I preach past 12, well, that might, people might leave. And so they'll back off the message. They won't preach an anointed message. They'll preach a message that the mind can understand and it sounds good and it tickles the ears. And what they don't realize is they're stripping the very power of God and the ability of people to overcome, taking it right away from them. God is looking for some preachers who will get up and preach an anointed message and release an anointed word that will open comprehension and bring us to a new knowledge that I can't get by logic. I can't get by Google. I can't get it by listening to the greatest teachers. I can only get it through an anointing. And that anointing will open it up. He says, and, and what we're talking about is getting the fullness of the power of God in you. Because if the fullness of the power of God through knowledge of his love gets inside of you, whoo, the devil can't do anything with you. And he knows it. He knows this scripture better than you and I do. This is probably not revelation to him. He's been working this against the body of Christ for millennia. And he's gotten better and better at it. But oh, we found something. We found some revelation that's opened up by anointed preaching, that's opened up by an anointing. And all of a sudden, we can step into the place where God can pass an anointing, pass a fullness into us. And when it comes time that we're in the pit or we come up against the storm, we stop being the victim. And we start being the victor. We start being the overcomer. We start being more than a conqueror. I'm not looking at a room of victors. I'm looking at a room of overcomers. I'm looking at a room of more than conquerors. I'm looking at a room that's filled up with the fullness of God. That knows his love and has knowledge of it and revelation. They're filled up. And all of a sudden, it's not that the tribulation stopped coming, but the tribulation stopped winning. And all of a sudden, we move into the place where we are victorious. Thanks be unto God who always leads me to triumph in Christ and manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. How does that knowledge come? By the anointing. Yes. Opening up that comprehension. Look at this. He says, which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up with the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. Because we couldn't even get there without him. It wasn't even possible for us to get there in our thinking without him opening it up by spiritual discernment and spiritual impartation according to the power that works within us. You have inside of you, if you are born again, you have inside of you a power that raised up Jesus from the dead. Says it very clearly in Ephesians. You have inside of you a resurrection power. If you're born again and you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you might not have known it until this day, but I'm telling you, according to the Bible, according to his holy word, you have inside of you a power that will kick death and sickness right out of your body. 
Romans 8, uh, it says this. It says, if we have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that spirit will quicken our mortal bodies. Inside of you is a resurrection power. See, many people have even heard those scriptures, but they haven't gotten knowledge of it because they've listened to it logically, but not opened up their spirit to receive it. And when they open up their spirit to receive it, they'll go, whoa, 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 what? That power is in me? And all of a sudden the devil comes and he tries to put some sickness on your body. You're like, no, oh no, no, come on devil, no, that ain't, that ain't going around here. You've got no right. It's impossible for the pains and travail of death to hang on Christ. And I'm in him and he's in me. And that death and that sickness, it can't hang on me either. That poverty, it can't hang on us. These are the things that we learn by listening to good preaching. And this is what made the difference. No, all of a sudden you get on the inside of you. There's a power. There's a supernatural resurrection power. He said it like this. He said, these things that I do, you will do them and greater. Why? Because Jesus planted himself in the earth and he produced a heart harvest of many different believers all carrying the power of God all designed to take and be this light and to be a preserving factor in the earth all of them designed oh there's sickness over here in my co-workers body I'm called to be the salt and the light let's go pray all of a sudden oh sickness you want to try and come into my household no you can't stay I've got a power on the inside of me that will kick it out Oh, you want to try and have all the bill collectors call me. I'm, I'm, Lord, uh, my knowledge of finances up to this point obviously been lacking. I need, some new, I need some new knowledge. And so, Lord, let me go hear some preaching about some finances and how to be above and not beneath. Be the head and not the tail. Blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Let me hear how God gives the power to get wealth. Let me hear how he adds to us and he adds no sorrow with it. Let me hear about how God wants to prosper me above all things. He wants to prosper us, right, in our body and in our finances, even as our soul prospers. Let me hear some preaching, and that anointing will start to open it up, and I'll see things in a different way. Oh, these bills and these bill collectors, they can't stay, they can't stay anymore. I know who I am. I've got some revelation, and in that revelation, I'm now carrying and walking in a different power. Anybody like to walk like that? Anybody want to walk like that? Just close your eyes for a second. We read this verse earlier, but listen to it now. But a natural man, a natural man, a natural man, a natural man, does not accept the things of God for their foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. In order to walk as an overcomer, you've got to stop thinking and being a natural man. You've got to be the spiritual man. You've got to be the one who says, Lord, I'm not going to look at this from a natural perspective anymore. This is why we fast. Fasting makes no sense to a natural man. But to a spiritual man, it unlocks the power of God. Staying past 12 o'clock does not make sense to a spirit of religion. But to a spiritual person. It unlocks the power of God. To a natural man, the power of God can't be released because it's spiritually discerned. In order to walk in the power of God, you've got to decide, I'm done being a natural man. I will not be a natural man anymore. I will not. I will walk in the fire of God. I'll walk in the power of God. Lord, I'm going to put down my flesh and I'm going to be who you called me to be. I won't be a natural man anymore. Now, if you're, you know, every head bowed right now and you're saying, look, Lord, I'm tired of being a natural man. I'm tired of being in the pit. I'm tired, tired of the pressure from the devil. It's time for me to be an overcomer. It's time to me to come, for me to come up 
from natural things and be the spiritual giant that God has called me to be. I, not only that, not just from responsibility, I'm tired of the attacks. I'm tired of the pressure. And I'm ready for it to be over. If you're ready for it to be over and you're ready to be who God's called you to be, I want you to just raise your hand right now and hold it up so I can see it. I'm ready to come up. I need to stop being the natural person in my thinking. Anybody else? Just keep them up for a second so I can see them. I'm tired of being that natural person. I need the supernatural solutions. I need the power of God in my life. I need for God to flow. I need to get out of the pit. I need to be the overcomer. I need to be who God called me to be. I'm tired of living mediocre. I'm tired of the mess. I'm tired of the junk. And it's time for me to live on top, to be the head and not the tail, to be above and not beneath. It's time for me to be who God's called me to be. Just keep your hands raised. I need to see what's normal to God, not even what I think is good. I need to see a big God in my life. I've put it off for too long. If that's you, just raise your hand now. And I just ask everybody, if you would, right now, just stand up. Just everybody stand. And if you raised your hand, I just... I want, you to, I want to invite you to come down right now. I'm going to pray. And what we're going to do is we're going to receive that anointing. The power of God to change. This doesn't mean that you're not born again. It means I'm ready for change. Either I'm ready because it's been stinky or I'm ready because I know there's more in the Lord and I could use some more. And when I pray for you, I'm going to release an anointing in your life that does not make sense to the world, but it will break the yokes of bondage off of you. It will take you to new levels. It will move you to new heights. All of a sudden, I declare in the name of Jesus that things that used to sack you, that put you on your tail, they will not do it anymore. You are walking out of here a new person. You're carrying a new anointing. You'll be carrying a new fire, a new level of the power of God. I don't want to live that mediocre anymore. That's you, and you won't be. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Oscar, I just see in your life, I see right now, the Lord taking you to new places in your ministry and in your life, calling you, placing on you a desire to be hungry, a desire to be hungry in greater and mightier things than even what you've seen. You've seen great and mighty things. He said, but you hadn't seen anything yet. We're going to a new level. We're going to a new level. We're go He's saying to you, we are going to a new level. We, we, we. Roll my knee, Kate. Uh -huh. We, we, same thing, same thing. We, we, we're going to a new level. We're going. Now, if you're standing up here, it's the time. Even if you're not up here, if you're just standing in your seat, saying, I need it new. I need to stop being the natural man. Just pray this with me. Pray it out loud. Pray it with your mouth, not on the inside. Pray it with your mouth. The Word says, speak it. Just say this with me. Say, Jesus, today you are the Lord of my life. I believe in you. You're my Savior. You're the director of my life. You call the shots, and I'll be obedient. I will not be the same. And I ask you to fill me with the Holy Ghost and with fire. To not walk in mediocrity, but to walk as an overcomer. Every day from this day forward. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.